0: Church, good morning. If you could turn your Bible to Ephesians once again. We're only, uh, focusing on, um, chapter 5, verse 21, but however, we're gonna read that, um, that section of the passage once again. So, chapter 5, beginning in verse tw- 15 to verse 21, we'll be reading. And if you are there, would you all stand as we read the word? <clears throat> Once again, Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 15 through 21. Here's the word. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Lord, we come before you in this time of worship, especially when we uh, seek your truth, your word for us. Father, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us the word that we need to hear and receive. As we open our hearts, Lord, give us that humility we need. Give us that attentiveness, the desire to know And learn and apply into our lives what it means for us to live our lives for you. So, Father, I pray that you would help all of us to look to you, to lean on the Holy Spirit. um, And let the Spirit truly speak to our hearts and shine that light we need. Lead us, Lord, uh, be with your servant as he delivers. Be with your people as you declare it's your will. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, once again, we're on chapter 5. Um, and beginning in chapter 5, just a quick reference uh, begins with the uh, command that Paul addresses the Ephesians be imitators of God. Be imitators. He commanded Christians in Ephesus to be imitators. Um, I love imitation crap. I don't know. some reason, I hear every time that word in the Bible, imitate, imitate, comes in mind, then imitation is also something that I think of. Because as much as I love imitation crap, that thing is not crap, is it? If you know and have watched, and I advise you not to watch it because that's actually going to gross you out. Now, it looks like snow crab. It tastes somewhat like snow crab, but it is far from it. A lot of times when Paul, uh, church leaders over the years, traditionally asking their body or congregation to imitate God, we become imitation Christian. We look like Christian. We smell like Christian. Sometimes we even taste like Christians, but deep down, we're not Christian. That's not what God, Paul desires when he made this commandment: Imitate God. Now, deep down, what makes you that imitation of Christ, that love? And he talks about it, that love. Imitate God's forgiving love in your relationships. Imitate God's selfless love in your relationships. Imitate God in self-sacrificial love. That is what it means to imitate God. And in order for us to imitate that love in our lives, in all different relationships, he's setting this up for next chapter, next section we're getting into. In order for you to imitate God, you have to learn more about God. You have to spend more time in his word. So that you can mimic his action. You can echo his speech. You can duplicate his behavior without spending time. To know and learn about him, it's hard as Christ followers to imitate him. Also in the next section, Paul addresses Christians that we must walk, live as children of light. We're not children of darkness anymore. We don't live in the darkness anymore, but now we live in the light. So be the light. Reflect that light of Jesus Christ onto the relationship that you have. Do before their eyes what is good, what is true, what is honorable. And as we looked at this previous passage, that passage we just read, Paul also commands the Christians to walk, to live as wise, not as unwise. How do we do that? How do we live as Christians wisely? First thing he says, by making the most of your time. And that time is D time, that divinely planned, allocated time in your life. We just pray for you, Valde. Your time, those third graders, fourth graders, when the parents said goodbye that morning, the time, you just don't know how long your time is going to end abruptly. Those two teachers and one of the teacher's husband, Die out of a heart attack in three days. did you know that? Did you hear that news? The husband of a teacher who was shot, gunned down on that day died out of heart attack on the third day. That tells you how tremendous that ache and pain the sorrow was in his heart. They leave four children behind. Four children. It says, make the most of your time. That time, we don't determine that time. But what we do determine is how you use that time. How do we live wisely? Understanding the will of the Lord and live by the Lord's will. This past week, few days, leading up to that decision to postpone the retreat, discerning the will, struggling to find out Whether or not this is a wise decision, it's hard. It was, I was talking to the leaders and talking to Christina and just in prayer, it's eating me up. Because I I don't think I ever um, canceled or postponed a major event in the church before. But the circumstances that we were in, um, that everybody was, uh, were going through, um, was something that, that forced us to seek the will of the Lord. It says one of the other ways, finally, uh, for you to be wise as Christians, living that wise life is be filled and led by the Holy Spirit. Not led by your decision or the things that the world will, just setting that trend before you, not living by that, but by the Spirit. Now we arrive at that portion of the letter where he goes into practical everyday lessons. As Christians, as people who are to imitate God in his love, people who are to live as the light, Paul speaks on the role, the various roles that we take on, the role of wife, role of husband, role of children, role of parents, role of slave and master, in other words, employers and employees. If you are in Christ and that's who you are and that is how we need to live our lives with that identity that we received in Jesus Christ, how does that affect your relationships? All kinds of relationships that you have on earth. That's what he is going to address. Because who you are in Christ should, and it has to affect your relationship at home, at church, at school, at work. But before we dive into these various uh, um, specific instructions that Paul has for Christians in these relationships, we have to take a long and good look at this particular verse 21, because this verse 21 is the key to more uh, further specific principles that we need to live by. In order for us to get to the later portion, you need to spend time and just truly understand what verse 21 means. It's absolutely cr- critical that we have firm understanding of verse 21. It is the key for us to have proper and godly relationships. So what does it say in verse 21? We see it here. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the foundation. This is the key to every relationship. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's ESV. And ASV goes like this. Be subject to one another be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Again, this is Paul transitioning from this theological understanding of who we are, what we must be, how do we live our lives into every day, because we are relational beings. You live your life, and then your life is filled with relationship. You don't live by yourself. You're not a you know, hermit crab in your shell all by yourself. You don't live in the cave somewhere. You interact and you build relationships. You have to maintain and mature, grow those relationships that you have. And it was true then. It is true now. This is the fundamental foundation before he moves on to practical application in various relationships. And the fundamental principle that he wants us to understand is mutual willing submission. Mutual willing submission. And this mutual willing submission is not only a byproduct or should I say evidence of spirit-filled, spirit-led life as Christian, but it is also the key, the foundation of uh, more specific principles that will come in the authority and submission in various relationships. Folks, we all have difficult relationships. We all have all those good relationships sometimes even turn into, we'll have conflicts. We have conflicts in our relationship with brothers and sisters in church. That is true. We have conflict at home, in our marriage, with our children. We have conflict with our friends. We have conflict at our workplace. And these conflicts are always caused, when you go deep down to it, the conflicts in various relationships that we have is not caused by external forces, but it is caused by internal forces mainly your hearts. It's caused by what's inside of you. These conflicts are always caused by hearts that are directed by the self rather than by the Holy Spirit, as Paul um, commanded or encouraged the Philippians to live by the Spirit. When a person is fixated on his or her own rights, when we are fixated on our own rights, our opinions and our goals, it's impossible to achieve harmony and peace wherever he or she may belong. The self-filled, the self-centered life is always in a battle with peace and harmony in the relationship because you are in a battle with your pride, your ego. However, the spirit filled, spirit led life will be characterized with meekness, humility, by lifting others up in humility. Paul says in chapter 2 of Philippians, verse 4, the spirit filled person will look not only to his or her own interests, but also to the interests Of others. If you are a spirit filled. The spirit of Christ indwells you. And you are led by his spirit. You do not look into your own interest. But you will look to the interest of others. And therefore you will submit yourself to one another. Now this word submit in Greek. Is actually a military term. A military term to rank yourself under someone else. It is to use to describe a person uh, in the lower rank. So when it says rank, submit is rank himself under another person. So in other words, if you are a spirit filled, spirit led person, you are directed by the spirit of Christ and you must rank yourself under another person willing. If you are imitators of God, within the context of chapter 5, and if you imitate his love, Christ's love, if you are uh, children, the children of light, therefore you are doing what is good, what is true, what is honorable, and you are filled with the Spirit, and led by the Spirit of God, that you must rank yourself under someone else, voluntarily, willingly. In other words, you, you are going to give up your rights. Back when I was in San Antonio, about an hour and a half from Uvalde, actually, I had a lot of... Um, active and retired military personnel in our, in our congregation. And they understand this concept of submission more than any, any other people when you were in military. Once you sign your life, you enlist. Your life do not exist. The Army, Navy, Air Force takes your right away. You do not have that right. You do what they tell you to do. You go where they tell you to go. You do absolutely everything they tell you to do. That's called chain of command. Once you rank yourself and you have this person over you with authority, you submit, no questions asked. You have a person under you that you are responsible, and you are responsible of that person's a well-being as well as the the task that, is, that you have to come up with and you have to oversee. But one of the most important things about this military life is your rights do not exist. And that's the first thing they have to con- be confronted in the basic training. You do not exist. Your rights do not exist. Your freedom is not in your hands anymore. Now, giving up your rights is unthinkable, isn't it? It seems foolish. Why would you give up your own rights? The world, particularly in this climate, everybody is, the world will tell you to stand up for your rights. We have people promoting women's rights. We have people standing up for gay rights. Uh, We have people advocating children's rights in light of this gun violence. Especially in school. Some promote animal rights, even at the expense of human rights. Some stand for gun rights. And if you feel in any way that your rights have been violated, then you can easily find someone, find a lawyer that will Uh, Take your case to court. So submitting, submitting yourself under someone, be subject to other people, giving up your rights. It's foreign. It's just, are you kidding me? You, You want me to do what? The world will laugh at this idea. Now, and even in Paul's days, Romans, for Greeks, it's unthinkable. It's a foolish concept. Submit, give up your rights, humility, meekness. But the Bible tells us, you're a people in Jesus Christ. You understand who you are in Christ, and he is the Lord he died on your on the cross and you are to imitate him. You must submit yourself to another person. We must be subject to one another. Give up your rights. This is the word of God. And as Christians, we must not bend the word in order to fit into this world. However, we got to live by the Word because it is the authority in our lives. So we need to submit willingly. The second part of verse 21 speaks on the why portion, why we need to submit to one another, be subject, rank ourselves under someone else. Why should Christians submit to one another? Why should Christians submit to someone who may not be worthy of your willing submission? Why? Paul says we must submit to one another. Why? Out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ. We give up our own rights to another person. In other words, in fear of Christ. Paul commands all Christians, whether you are leaders or followers, whether you are husband or wife, whether you are parent or children, whether you are employer or employee, what you have to do as Christians is to submit to one another. If you revere, you have this reverence, you have this respect, you honor who Jesus is and what he has done for you, if you acknowledge Christ to be the head of your life, you'll understand supremacy of Jesus Christ as the Lord of all things, particularly in your life. Paul says, you do this out of reverence, out of fear of Christ, who he is, what he has. If you have reverence for Christ, and if you know and believe that God has placed all things under His feet, and more importantly, if you want to live your life for the one who'd die in your place because He loves you. And the Bible tells us that you must subject yourself, Paul says, "Hey, Christian, subject, rank yourself under someone, one another. Next book in Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, he talks about this, about Jesus submitting, his willing submission. Chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, we know this passage so well. Have this attitude in yourself. Earlier verse, we looked at it, right? Do not consider your own interests, but consider the interests of others, right? Have this attitude. In order for you to do that, you got to have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God, but emptied himself, lowered himself, submitted, ranked himself under, taking the form of a servant, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul submit. Why? Well, in reverence for Christ. You submit in fear, in light of what Christ has done for you, how he submitted himself to you, for you. In his obedience, in his humility, in his love, in his submission, he died in your place. What can we offer to Christ? What do we have? What was going for us that caused him or assured him that this was the right thing to do? That he gave himself up, ranked himself under us, became beneath us, and he saved us. He served us in order to restore And Paul's logic is simple. Why should we submit to one another? Why should we submit to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Why should we submit to non-Christian friends and family members, co-workers, people who are not worthy of our submission? Why should we submit to them? Because Christ submitted himself for us and to us. That is the reason. We must submit because submission is one of the most important evidence that we are becoming Christ-like. That we are, in fact, imitating his love in our lives. That we are, in fact, spirit-filled, spirit-led in all relationships. Again, I tell you, in various types of relationships, with friends, with parents, with loved ones, in marriage, with co-workers. The cause of friction is not external. It's internal. Cause of the the brokenness in relationship is not the other person, it's you. When we don't clearly understand what Christ has done, how he demonstrated his love for us, and we don't understand that without that love, it is hard for us to maintain and mature those relationships that we have. Now, as we examine next few weeks, we're going to examine some of these relationships that Paul mentions in the next passage. And as we do so, one thing we must clearly understand is that that there is no spiritual, moral distinctions among Christians. As it says in Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. There are no classifications, no distinctions for Christians. Every believer in Jesus Christ has exactly the same salvation the same standing, same divine power, same divine resources, the same divine promises and inheritance. But although we have equal worth and privilege and rights as his people, God certainly made distinction among people in our roles in life. God has given rulers of this, this world certain authority to govern over the people. To church leaders, God has delegated authority over their congregations. To husbands, God has given authority over their wives. To parents, God has given authority over their children. To employers, God has given authority over their employees. We're all equal. There is no distinction. There is no tier as his people. But there are different roles that we need to play. But in all of those relationships, among all those roles that we have to play, the foundational, the key for all of these relationships is verse 21. This willing submission. Submitting, subjecting ourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of fear of who he is and what he has done for us, what he demonstrated upon that cross. And that has to be the key how we approach every relationship. If you truly revere Christ, if you truly honor what He has done for you, you truly understand indebted and thankful for the love that God has shown into your lives that has to be translated into these relationships. Otherwise. These relationships will suffer and will have confidence. As followers with this love, with this reverence for Christ, you will submit. You will obey. You will be subjected to the authority over you. As a leader, as a husband, as a parent, as an employer, as a people who has authority, you will not abuse your authority. Instead, you would exercise your authority in love. And you will look to these people who are under your authority in order to demonstrate the love of Christ. That servant love, the servant leadership. Verse 21 is the key. So next week, we're going to look into the relationship between husband and wife. And after that we're gonna look into the relationship between parents and children, employers and employees. But verse twenty one is the key. Submission, willing submission is the key to every relationship. Judy and Eugene will become husband and wives in the month of June. It's found out in July. Sean and Kat will become husband and wife. Some of us are already in that relationship. Those of you who have parents, and those of you who are children. Those of you who have bosses over you. Or someone that you are responsible of, as um, I guess a uh, uh, older person, or Uh, tenured person in your workplace? How is that relationship? And what would you like that relationship to be? The key is verse 21. Without understanding that, what Paul is asking out of these relationships is nearly impossible. Because if you can't submit yourself, give up your rights and freedom, in order to serve that person as Christ did for us? It's hard concept. You understand it up here, but in the heat of moment, that's going to be the first thing that you will feel like. And you wonder why your relationship has problems. Are we submissive people? Are you subject to people in your life at home, at work, at school, at church in obedience to Christ? Or are you about your own rights and privileges, your own freedom? Or do you consider rights of others for Christ's sake? That is the question that we need to wrestle each and every day. It's hard to do when you see a person who is not worth your submission. For righteous reasons and valid reasons that you can come up with in order for you to not to serve that person, when you look to the cross, we have to come to humble realization. There is nothing righteous in us to say that we deserve Jesus. And that is the basis where Paul sets up these relationships that we have to live by and mature and grow. So let's look into uh, some of these relationships in coming weeks. And I hope and pray that these uh, examples that Paul, the principles that Paul will teach us will be beneficial for all of us. That's my hope and prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. Thank you for, um, once again, being reminded of what Jesus is to us and what he has done for us. Going back to cross, to Calvary, and being reminded of what Christ has done who He was before Incarnation and during His time here on earth, what He went through. And who He is now. That He is coming back to us to claim us, bring us all back home in Your presence, Lord. As we understand this truth, as we understand without Your grace, your spirit leading and guiding, making it possible for us to fix our eyes on the prize and live our lives for the glory for the name of Jesus Christ. It is not our ability, it is not our power it is not our strong resolve but your grace and if we understand cross, the heart of the cross. If we understand your love, help us to surrender our own rights, our freedom as Christ did. Even as life, in order to submit, in order to serve, in order to restore and rescue. If we approach Every relationships that we have in this attitude, with this principle deep down in the foundation. Lord, it will transform. It will bear fruits that will bring glory to you. So Father, help us as brothers and sisters in church as husband, as wife in marriage as parents, as children at home teacher and student at school employer and employees at work if we can just have this attitude in all relationships that we have Lord you will bless us our relationship will be a blessing not only to us but to the world. This is what we are to do and we are to be in these relationships. Help us to take this key, this foundational understanding to our hearts. And when it is hard for us to submit and swallow, help us to overcome and submit ourselves out of pure, grateful reverence for Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. Father, please be here with us and go with us to our home, to our workplace. And I pray that you would uh, continue to fill us and lead us in all things. We thank you so much. pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen